Welcome to The Storm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy or game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Swing. Yes, I am. Hello. We're going at 20% faster this week. Something like that. In fact, Trevor has decided to speed up the entire episode so that, uh, I don't know, it goes quicker. Yeah, we're actually speaking at normal speed, but it sounds like we're speaking 20% faster because after the fact, Trevor has sped it up. <laughs> That's something that we haven't done for a very long time. We did do that no. for a little while. Uh, we, we did. We, can you tell when we when we did it and when we stopped find it? Find the episodes. <laughs> it was only for a few months, I think. It was like 11%. <laughs> I think I did 15. It wasn't quite yeah. 20. Uh, let's play some Click Pitch. Yeah. Which is a game where we each have a random word generator, generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, we're each going to get a... Adjective and a noun and uh, say them out loud and make them into a video game design. Video game design. Yeah. Yes. Not an actual video game. That would be impossible. Oh, in half an hour. Yeah. Because that's right. We are still cutting down our yes, episodes. We're not doing quite an hour. Yay. So Discrete sphere. Competent consciousness. Now, is yours discrete with two E's or E-T-E? E-T-E. Okay, so it's like a, a discrete item, a discrete sphere, as opposed to a continuous yep. sphere. Mm. Um, okay. I mean, I mean a sphere very is very, is very much an abstract sort of thing. It's like it's a, it's a it's a primitive. Um, a competent in- consciousness. Um, I mean, it's sort of. I feel like there's something around a conscious sphere as like some sort of alien being like that comes in as the perfect object of a sphere, just the the simplest kind of astronomical or uh, physical object, the orb, mm. the consciousness orb, the orb. It kind it kind of reminds me of like the old game Manhunt. A Manhunter, mm. I should say, Manhunter New York mm. with the um with the alien orbs that came down. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm thinking with competent, is this some sort of like, (laughs) is this some sort of the mask situation where this, someone finds this orb and it makes them vastly more competent at things? Um, Now, how the orb bit works and how it works like the mask, I'm not sure. (laughs) But Well, don't forget that it's- that this version of discrete is individually separate and distinct. Yes. So each of these orbs is individually separate and not part of a a, a larger whole. But in- so you're saying there's more than one orb? I'm thinking so. I'm I'm thinking that you know they um, maybe they're they're different leaders of of different factions. Do they that do each they faction- attach themselves to people a la the mask though? <laughs> uh, to the back of their head, yes. Okay, you just get a little like you just get a like bloop, almost like yeah. A, like, I'm, a I'm getting a very fant. Have you have you seen the horror movie Phantasm? No. Okay, there's these silver balls and they literally kill people and stuff. Right. Like it, they're flying around everywhere. It's it's kind of funny. Um, in this case, they don't kill people, but they they take over their mind. Well, I kind of like the idea that they. Well, that they, 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 they improve they people. Influence, yes. But uh, but it's found out throughout the course of the game that actually they are conscious. Like, I, I feel like they, they kind of, they, they come from nowhere. Certain people have, like, end up with these orbs. Suddenly they're, like, more capable. They don't have to sleep or something. You know, they, like, they're better human beings. It starts creating tensions, I'm sure, between the people who have the orbs and don't have the orbs. 
Um, you know, it's but again because it's, a big it's separate crisis. and because they are discrete and they're separate and and distinct. When we're not, uh, it's not part of like a hive mind or anything like that. It's just that they are, um, yeah. I mean, I think they can still be working. Like, I think they had a plan, hmm. but I think the idea, I think it's more like they're treated as just like this weird phenomena. And then yep. it's sort of the social implications that come from that. And then the reveal is sort of, wait a sec, these are actually alien beings yep. that have okay. been working their way into people's brain stems. Our character has an orb. But the character that we actually play is the orb. Is the orb. <laughs> and and it's there's a part during the game where you find out like you, you, your main character gets shot and you get you get implanted into another right un, onto another person nearby and you now control that person and that's when you realize that hang on we we the were controlling the sphere the whole time. That's interesting. So the reason why I'm saying this is because I think then you can then you can talk about like the sphere doesn't actually um you know then they're not in it for some sort of taking over the world sort of thing they are they are just in it for survival you know, almost like survival it almost becomes like a, par- a parasitic or a symbiotic yeah symbiotic relationship, relationship. That they literally cannot they cannot survive without a, without a human, human host. host. Uh, does it turn out that they're actually like the larvae stage of <laughs> some sort of larger animal, and like this symbiosis is part of their growth phase? I kind of like the idea that it's not that it's like the way that they survive, and that the, they always have survived is they they become part of civilizations when right. when they arrive, and they've got to they've got to kind of connect and. They kind of share their their experience, their powers with these people, and you know have some sort of influence. But it's not just just them. Mm. Like I like the idea that when you get attached to this other person, the personality could start to change. Of well, so of this, like this this is what I'm thinking because how because I can see a few gameplay options here. I can see a kind of person jumping game in a way where there are multiple opportunities to jump between people and uh, almost in a, what was it, like Watchdogs Legion's Legion way or whatever, you you end up with, you know, there's different people that you've gone through in the course of the game and they're sort of procedurally generated or something. Or it could be a more narrative thing where uh, the, 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 the people you attach to are more fleshed out um, and it's sort of part of the, the story of the game that, uh, that you switch and you maybe only go to, you know, two or three different people across the course of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so what were you thinking? You thinking action-y or more narrative? I like I like the mix of both. Like where you can have, you know, some action with some game with some uh narrative dump. Yeah, I guess it just comes down to like the people that you end up attaching to. Um mm. and how fleshed out they are. Mm, definitely. Uh I don't know. I'm sort of stuck on that one. Let's three, two, one. Sure. <coughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 no. No. Undocumented abortion. Oh, okay. <laughs> that would have been interesting with mine, but not in a good way. No. Uh, no, no, no. No, no, no. 
threatening no, 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 photocopy. No. Threatening photocopy. Mm. Okay, calculating discovery. Ooh. Okay. So what do they discover via photocopy in something? Ooh, what if, what if when they photocopied this this seemingly innocent like um note. Yeah. The invisible ink actually got photocopied. Effectively, they, that's where they that's where they actually find out that you know it was like light activated or or Ooh, whatever. Well, maybe the threatening. Maybe this is almost a horror kind of thing, or like a you know very a thriller sort of thing of a, a gameplay mechanic being photocopying notes to reveal threats or to reveal the ghost who's written on them or something. You know, some some sort of some sort of supernaturally sort of thing or serial killer sort of thing or something. And the discovery is that ghosts are actually real. And that there's one in this office right now. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it going in a horror way or I could see it going in a bit of like a comedy horror way as well. Mm. Where the, uh, uh, or maybe even VR, just because it's given me kind of office simulator vibes, job simulator vibes. Because you you really want to be able to pick up that note and shove it onto the shove it on the photocopy, close it, slam the button, yeah. see it come out, and then it's like it's got different, just got new stuff on it. Yeah, um, almost a almost a puzzle game then, almost an like escape room or a, hmm. you know where you're trying yeah. to find the next note, you're trying to find the next part of the puzzle. Hmm, it's kind of cool. Um. Why, why you? Uh, are you a temp? Ooh, is this I do something- like a temp. I do, I do like a temp, and that's the reason why you're doing all the photocopying. Yeah, yeah. Do you? <laughs> you're going around as a temp. You're trying to tell people about, hey, like I photocopied the report you wanted, and when it came out, it had "You're gonna die" written all over the top of it. You know what's going on, and they're like, "What did you do to my report?" <laughs> you, you having to like convince people. Or they say, what do you mean? It looks fine to me. And there's just like red, you know, all these blood stains dripping out of it. It's like, no, it's all fine. And (laughs) you eventually end up having like taking the light out of the photocopier to shine around the room to find the ghost when you realize that that's what shows it up. Yeah. Or there's a. Well, before you do that, there's a. There's a for section. some reason, only you can you can see it. Like obviously, other people can't see these things. Yeah. So they're just like, "What the fuck is this temp doing? Pulling apart our photocopier?" Um. No, I do, but I do actually. For, just from a horror point of view, I like the scene of of before that when you're trying to hunt it down. It's like, oh, okay. Put the photocopy. I'm doing a hundred photocopies. And but I'm going to leave the lid up, and so the light's spilling out of it, and you're ha- and you're trying to get a glimpse of this thing as it moves through that light, but just in that. Period and then of you the just see a face, yeah. like like it goes across, and you just see the like the 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 shape of that face, and then it disappears, and then it's not there on the next one. You know? Oh god, that's just that's scary. Yeah, that is that is scary. <laughs> that that is something that you go nope. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> you, you take the headset off, you throw it down, and you squirt all the um, all the light if you lure it over it, and you it's just set it on, on fire. fire. <laughs> oh, my God. This is, this is semi-off topic, but 
I saw a fucking TikTok the other day of it's this stupid show where they like prank each other and stuff. They had one of the guys in VR in that game with like the two dolls. You know the one I'm talking about, the horror game. Mm-hmm. And he's like in there freaking out, but what he doesn't realize is while he's in there, they'd recreated the room that you play it in and had built it around him, so that when he took the headset off, he's in the same room he just left. Oh god, <laughs> that is had, the worst. Then they had fucking little girls come in and freak him out. It was it was kind of funny. Uh, um, but that's. I'm going to ask you a question, Ben. Okay. What three words? Oh no! What three words? All right, we're not even going to explain it. We're just going to go straight into it. Just another way we get words. Uh, sure. <laughs> Dribbling sages accepted. It's a sign. Okay. Dribbling sages accepted. The front of like a monastery or something. <laughs> oh, so a, a sage, I think, I think, you know, if going by, you know, sort of Zelda, Zelda speak, it's like people who have been destined to, to, or or a, a descendants of okay you know descendants of you know someone someone mystical and they don't quite know that that they're a sage that okay. they're actually you know cold and and you know one's a sage of wind and so this one's a sage teenage of basketball star yeah turns out that they've been called they've got a calling as a sage yeah. as someone mystical I like that idea yeah. It's very- uh, And then very, very Shaq Fu. They've, yeah. they've got basketball skills and throwing the ball around and shit. But in a, I like it in a more of a Zelda-ish, like an, yeah. open, or like an open world or a dungeon-based sort of- Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I, I'm, I'm picturing literally, you got a top-down view, your character's just dribbling the ball, and their whole thing is they throw the ball at the other person, and then it always happens to rebound right back to them. Um, oh yeah, or or, or they can something just else you know, sort of pull it back and yeah. I like a very yeah. I mean, it's a very God of War axe sort of vibe there. I think yeah, um, that's fun. I like doing that actually. I'd like doing this as a bit of a God of War brawler kind of multiple enemies, you know, dribbling it off their face and then like <laughs> kicking the one. Okay, next year or whatever. what what are they? What are they the sage them. for, or what what are they getting called up for? Because uh, I because I think that they're not um, they're not the hero in this context. Like they they're there to. This is just a story of of them being a sage, them trying to to get to where they've been called to. Mm. Um, yeah, but really, okay, yeah, it's their adventure as they as they're heading there. Happens to be that you know they think that they're they're the hero that have been called into this thing. It's like no, you're here to support the hero, and yeah, that's kind of fun. Do you find that out at the end, or do you three quarters of the way through maybe, or, and or is the, it a the- situation where you like bring on companions like some of these games sometimes have, uh, and you're both fighting alongside each other, but yeah, you get to a certain point and they're like, yes, the hero is finally here. And you like you step forward and then realize, wait, they're talking about the the other person. <laughs> it's like, what what are you doing there, Sage? You know, step aside. It's let, like Sage, you have fulfilled let them your, your purpose and brought us the hero. <laughs> <laughs> and you have been your, your faithful companion. <laughs> this, this this is the end of this is the end of like Act One. It's like, oh come on. <laughs> yeah, and then you're acting as a. 
uh, as the companion the whole the rest of the way. Um, we're sort of talking it as if it's a fantasy world though, but I kind of like it as a contemporary thing. That's a contemporary yeah. thing. Uh, there's just it, sort it of just this so, it just so happens to have some of, fan- fantastical elements. Yeah. It's like, a little bit Stephen Kingish then in that way. Yeah. He often like Dark Tower kind of thing, mm. finding these hidden under under the surface fantastical elements. Um, so is it is all the fantastical stuff basketball based, or is it just your you like basketball? So that's where how your powers manifest. Um, I think. Yeah, because because you're you're a big fan of basketball and you've that's what you've you've sort of been been doing. You're a college college star or you're you're <laughs> yeah, you know like the best player in the in the high school high sort school of thing. Team. I think high school, yeah. Because there's just something about you know this high school jock who thinks that they're they're the best. Oh yeah, and then and then their companion is like a nerd, um, or at sort least of thing. just yeah, not as cool. Yeah, like their best friend from from. School growing up, but it's like they're they're not as athletic and all this sort of stuff. But they're the ones that end up being the hero. Yeah, it's been what do they what do they do as a quote unquote companion? Then, like when they're fighting alongside you, what are their what's the skills of the hero? Do you think I'm thinking that they're they're real good support, as in you know, are they essentially (laughs) a magic user in that way? But it's is it based around like. Fucking maths or something. There's just something about the fact that, you know, you're playing a character that's throwing a basketball. If it happens to, to get down there and, you know, sort of is on its own, the companion goes over, picks it up and throws <laughs> it back to you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but in that way, it's like their mystical powers is, is actually helping power you to be. Right. I guess it needs to make, I think it just needs to make some sense there that they're the hero. Like they should have, uh, they should be useful in their own right. Yeah, I think it turns out that they they happen to be the one who have actually empowered this basketball to to do the things that. Oh, okay. So they're almost like an an artificer or something, like or, or not quite, but like a um, an imbuer of magic into items, and that's yep. what allowed you to even become the the warrior that you are. The basketball yeah, it didn't, warrior. It, none of it happened until, you know, it was one of those scenes where little help, you know, and it's at their feet and right. they pick it up and they throw it back to you. And then, you know, you, you get that calling at that time. At and- that moment. Right. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Cause that can kind of be a, you can call back to that then of like, you know, when, but what, but companion, when was it that you first got the calling and you like flash back to the hero passing you the ball? Yeah. It's like, oh, shit, they did it. Like, they- <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. And because then it's their goal, then then their prop, like, their fate or, you know, their, their destiny is to call others to come fight or whatever, right? Yeah. Through and, whatever and their I think interest is or something. Our, our character is then there as, as you know, the, the support, the- um, Oh, yeah. Now the- it's like you must get the hero to- you know, the next which is doing stage. the exact same thing that you've already been doing, except, and and you know you're working still with the hero, but you know that this isn't your story. Now the social the hero story. Changed. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think maybe you go and get other companions. Almost, it's like, oh, okay. You know, we uh, the the girl who's really into horses. Like, we're going to imbue her horse. <laughs> 
And now she's just com- like galloping just, around the battlefield. You, you you literally just combined the two and she becomes a centaur. And it's like, you're my horse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that, though. You've got this fucking <laughs> awesome centaur woman, like, kicking kicking ass. Yeah. And, and she goes, for some reason, I, I really like hay now. <laughs> because their brains have melted. Their it's brains like have melted. The, the, ho- the horse is still there. <laughs> just call me- uh, Jessica Mittens. I don't know. What do you call what's a hook and horse name? <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to go with whatever her, her horse used to be called, but yeah. <laughs> oh, there's something about that. Yeah, I like that. And then, like, I, I feel like you, you almost get a little. Maybe that not. Maybe you don't have them all at once, but like you've got these different missions of like going and finding these other teenagers who's hobbies or think you know become their weapons mm-hmm. in that way and it can be those classic teenagery kind of uh kind of things like one guy is you know really into drawing and so he's just like creating things on the you know on the battlefield that come through an attack and that that could bring some really fun dynamics to the um to the game mm-hmm and have them also synergize with your basketball skills, right? Yep. So, like, the centaur girl, you can throw it to her and she'll, like, turn around and kick it into the enemy, you know, super hard and knock five of them down or something. Or the guy who can yeah. draw stuff will, you know, create guides for it to, I don't know, ricochet around the, the battlefield or something. Yeah, and be, um, you know, magical, uh, like, pinball bumpers that just you know launch yeah. them launch them back yeah. off like so you have these different segments of the game where you've got one of these companions for a while as you are taking them back to the leaders or whatever or the you know uh and you can really shift up the gameplay in those moments and then they're back and it's like okay we don't have them anymore we go find someone else do that a and few that's where you can really play with different um like maybe at one stage you realize hey basketball isn't the only thing that i can do like yeah, or I was just thinking, I wonder if you get some permanent changes to your basketball skills based on those things. It's like, oh, now I can do my own, like, kick attack with the basketball or whatever. Or, you know, oh, my basketball's been imbued with these ink powers. Or, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. You get extra moves and stuff. Or different weapons in that God of War way. Like, you know. Yeah, either God of War way or that, as we were talking about before we jumped in, yeah. you know, the It Takes Two um yeah. sort of yeah idea of coming up with the different gameplay mechanics and and exploring them as you know until they have been exhausted and then switch to something else yeah but in that it takes two way of knowing when to leave you wanting more because yeah. sometimes like in fact most times throughout that whole game i felt wow i really enjoy this mechanic and they didn't they take it away rip it away from you yeah and it's like that's almost the that's perfect time to take it away because now I want it more. And they keep on bringing up new mechanics yeah. that they went through. Yeah. Cool. I like that a lot. Hey, Trevor. Yeah. What three words? Royal. Wangled. <laughs> wholesaler. Wangled? Yeah. Is that a real word? I guess it is. Yep. W-A-N-G-L. Wangled. I know wrangled. E-D. Wangled? I have to look that one up. W-A-N-G-L-E-D, to wangle, 
Right, yeah, to manage to obtain something by persuading or cleverly manipulating someone. <laughs> I just love the idea of this royal wangled wholesaler that is, like, he's selling, uh, like, you know, is uh, selling almost like the the lordship thing that people people sell like the little bits of little bits of land oh, yeah. you can, can call yourself a, a lord um there's this you know unscrupulous guy who's just selling royal titles well like, then, that he's got- that's interesting because i like from a gameplay point of view you could start with like this landscape that's been broken up into all these little packages and mm-hmm. they're all for sale when you start And it's sort of, there is that progression there of like, oh, I've managed to, you know, you can see how much of it you've managed to sell off. They've all got little stakes in them or whatever, and they start getting names on them for who owns them and that sort of thing. Yeah. That's kind of fun. But I do like the idea of, this is like, this guy is sort of like the, um, sort of like, you know, a a used car salesman. Yeah. Sort of like Stan from Monkey Island. Yeah, a little bit like that. Um, I think you play, you play a character who's like at first helping him out, and then after a while, you you're like trying to undermine him, right? A little bit because you you're almost not happy with the way that he's coming about these royal titles. Like, well, yeah, it could be. I'm just trying to think how because I I do really like that idea of seeing that progression across the land as essentially all of these lords are being created for just these tiny little patches and and how that maybe affects the world you're living in. I'm almost mm. picturing a fable kind of vibe um, where it's a little bit comedic like that and that- A little bit comedic and doesn't really have a satisfying ending. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Like this episode. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining I remember, us. <laughs> I, I, I remember playing through, I think it was either Fable 2 or 3. Yeah. Playing all the way through to the end, and I'm like, oh. That, I mean, that, Peter Molyneux could never do satisfying endings. He was an ideas man, and then he just threw them out there. And I can't think of one fucking Molyneux game that has a good ending, really. Mm. Maybe, yeah. Anyway. Was it 3 that had the dog? I think so. Because that's the one that I finished. Yeah. And I got to the end and I'm like, that was that was the end boss? Like, that 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 was worse than the normal fight that, right. that I've been having. And I'm now at the end end of the game. This is oh. But what I like what I like from that is is that like you go back into a town that you've been through previously and like the blacksmith isn't there anymore and you go and find him and he's like standing on his plot of land with a crown on or whatever or like cloak on like he's just like all of the people in all the towns are, be- are essentially like being wowed by the idea of owning this land and maybe they're bigger plots like maybe they're enough for them to like just wander around on <laughs> um <laughs> Instead of being like ten centimeter plots, they're they're about three meters. Yeah, three meters like by three, three four, meters. Three four. You meters can lay spread. down. You can, you can lay down. Yeah, and so you just it's like a bedroom with size. These people, <laughs> and I don't know that they spend all their time there, but they've got their own little AI, and they've just like once they've bought that plot, they want to spend a lot of time there, and they like put on their little clothes, and they maybe all do just different things on there. But it affects your game because then they're not available for the other things you might need them for. Yeah. Like, you may now need 
oh, we, you know, such and such is coming to, coming to destroy the town. We need to we need to arm all the people. Yeah. Where's the blacksmith? Oh shit! <laughs> and so then I wonder if there's almost a gameplayish sort of thing of buying it back from them or something, or like convincing them to that you have to strategically take away this land and stop them from. Being, maybe you have to uh, invade them. <laughs> You have to forcibly take their land from them, and then they go back to the job that they had before. But each person, <laughs> you know, that they've all got their receipts in front of them. You know, they're they're fungible tokens, as as it were. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because they are legitimate. Like they, you know, yeah, they're fungible. They're, they're, they're in their hands. Yeah, they're actual tokens. So if you take their token off them, they no longer have that land, and they. They're no longer bewitched by this. Yeah, you can. I, know, you can I, have I think this wholesaler guy is is kind of like a, a magic user. You know, he's, yeah. he's sort of bewitched. He's influencing the people, people into yeah, magically. But are these royal titles actually real, or are they all just smoke and mirrors? I mean, it and doesn't really, matter at that point. Really, our wholesaler guy is actually, you know, uh, the devil. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> he's basically trying to trying to he's take over this town, no matter how how he can think of doing it and by by convincing all the townspeople to be lords yeah. means that there's no one no, there's left no one to defending un- the town to defend the town and he was very strategic in who he chose I do kind of love that idea of eventually just having to like having this war between these little three by three meter plots <laughs> <laughs> boundaries drawn and you're like expanding your land across the wall as you invade. I, I, I can see the reviews now. It was going really well until that weird war thing where we were just playing rock, paper, scissors with all these three by three play. <laughs> it's all through rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, there's some clause in the, in like the, the deed for this la- lordship or whatever that if someone beats you at rock, paper, scissors, then they- Three times. It, three times, yeah. Like best of three. Best of three. Best of three. Then they win it from you. Yeah. Um, that's actually a fun mechanic because then you could just be taking it occasionally. But I think it, what happens is you find some way to cheat at rock, paper, scissors or something or like change the odds or influence them into what to choose so that you start being able to win more often. I kind of like the idea that the wholesaler actually has like this little headlamp sort of thing that he wears because I think the whole thing is rock, paper, scissors based. Um, it turns out that this little headband is actually being enchanted that you can see what they're thinking. Yep. And what they're thinking is what they're going to play. Yep. Uh, so, that's why he always wins and why they always, you yep. know. And, and, of course, being very rock, paper, scissors based, uh, we find out at the end that your name is Alex Kidd and the land of this world is Miracle World. Did you play? At least he will be called Alex Kidd at the end of the game. Yeah. He earns the Kidd title. Yes. Because the the king- King, uh, king Kidd. Is, uh, is King Kidd. <laughs> And they they adopt our our orphan, uh, yeah, and name him Alex after their great 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 grandfather. Yeah. So your name is Alex Kid the second K I D D the second. Uh, you're Alex Kid the second because you've got two D's. The first Alex yes. Kid just had one D. Just had one. And then your but now you, you got two. If you name your child Alex Kid, it's going to be three D's. <laughs> and so going. on. <laughs> I wish that's how they really did juniors and stuff. Just add more. It's like, add- I'm Frank, and this is my son, Frank. 
<laughs> and you have you, you, you have, have to, to make the extra it. sound. <laughs> you have to make that extra sound, otherwise, but it's, it, how would they know? It doesn't count. How, exactly. How would they know? <laughs> I'm thinking Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I come from a long line of Franks. My dad was Frank, and I am Frank. <laughs> and my son, his name is Jim. Yeah, because I- fuck that. Because <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> Damn it! I do it. It's just, it's just a reflex. Now. Uh, that is all <laughs> we have time it. for. That's the end. Told you it'd be unsatisfying. Uh, thank you for joining us <laughs> this week on Bitstorm. If you would like to find the rest of our episodes online, go to podchasers.com slash bitstorm. Shoot us a review. Let us know what you thought. Yeah. And if you like the music that we play at the start and end of each episode, that song is called Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure by the band Corridust. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm going to... Hit you with a basketball. That's not the Harlem Globetrotters theme.